to Nature Revisited, the podcast. My name is Stefan Van Norden. On this edition of Nature Revisited, Revisits, we will be airing the episode, Hank Gerritsen, His Life and Vision. Before we do, I would like to remind our listeners of our sponsor and episode program. By sponsoring just one episode, you are helping Nature Revisited to continue to offer such a wide array of interesting guests. You are also giving my guests a platform for them to share their voices with a larger audience. Voices that really do need to be heard. So I hope you will consider to sponsor an episode of Nature Revisited. You can learn more about that on our website, nordenproductions.com. And thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoy this wonderful episode about the life and vision of Hank Gerritsen. Thank you. On this episode, we are going to pay tribute to Hank Gerritsen. Hank Gerritsen was a Dutch plantsman, garden designer, artist, and author of the important book, Essay on Gardening. Hank Gerritsen is hardly known here in the U.S., but his influence can be seen every day by the thousands who visit the High Line in New York City and the Lurie Garden in Chicago, to name just two. Hank was born in 1948 in the city of Utrecht in the Netherlands. In 1968, he moved to Amsterdam to study history and politics. Later, he studied at the Rivetveld Academy of Art, making a living as a painter. Until 1977, Hank's main interest in plants were those growing in the wild and he traveled all over Europe and Asia to observe and study them in their natural habitat. So thank you for joining us. My name is Stefan Van Norden, and this is Nature Revisited. The observation of wild plants in their natural environment has always been my greatest source of inspiration. Initially driven by a passion for collecting, I soon became interested in the interrelationships between individual plants. They are living beings that make demands on their environment, and it seems entirely logical to me to take that into consideration. As a matter of fact, I didn't even want to be a gardener. In 1977, Hank met with Mien Ruiz, the renowned Dutch garden designer, and while visiting with her in her garden, Hank was so moved by the experience that he decided to change the direction and focus of his life. In 1981, Hank and his partner, Anton Schleppers, along with others, formed a pressure group 
that was successful in rescuing the Overlanden, an area rich in native plants and wildlife, from encroaching development on the outskirts of Amsterdam. In 1986, Hank and Anton moved to Schoenslut in the province of Overijssel to design and create the Pernora Gardens at Anton's family farm. After visiting the Pernora Gardens, Strilly Oppenheimer was so impressed that she commissioned Hank to redesign her gardens at Waltham Place in England. That would be the only project that Hank would do outside of the Netherlands. After Anton's untimely death in 1993, Hank operated the Pernona Gardens on his own until his death in 2008. The Pernora Gardens are still there today and open to the public. Hank Gerritsen saw the possibilities that a garden could have if we let native and wild plants participate in the process. It was a new way of looking at the garden. Hank's vision of what we could learn from wild and native plants and how they could transform our gardens helped to influence others at the time to rethink the way we created gardens, a response that became known as the Dutch wave. The Netherlands have been in the forefront of this new direction of gardening and garden design, starting with folks like Mien Ruiz, who died in 1999, and who for years has been calling for a more naturalistic approach to garden design. The Dutch wave, which is now referred to as the new perennial movement, was not a movement, but rather an acknowledgement that wild plants along with native plants, could play a major role in how we create gardens. There were no rules or formulas, just working together with nature to create a more natural environment in our gardens, that gardens could and should be a collaboration between man and nature. Once again, in Hank's own words, Gardening is the most elusive of all the fine arts. The art of gardening uses living material, which has its own laws and prerogatives and which won't allow itself to be manipulated by the artist without a struggle. Nevertheless, the history of gardening has witnessed a series of attempts to divest the material of its essence and force it into a straitjacket. So who was Hank Gerritsen? About a year ago, I started inquiring as to who were some of the people in Hank's circle of friends. I tried for over six months to make contact with the folks at the Priona Gardens. First I emailed, but no answer. Then I called, they were closed for the season. I even sent an old fashioned letter Finally, a Dutch friend of mine was able to connect me with Gita Luton, who manages the Priona Gardens. Gita was very helpful by putting me in contact 
the sum of Hank's friends. I started with a phone call to Mark Brown in France. Ah, oh, this is Stefan. Yes, Mark. I've spent a good portion of a year trying to put this whole thing together to try to bring Hank's message to the United States. Well, I, I think it's important. How did you meet Hank? Oh, from Michael King's book. Michael must have heard about me, Ethne Clark. She did a couple of articles on my work, and she said, well, would you like to come? I'll stay with Marika Herfen in, in Amsterdam, where we can go to to the book launch at Fiona. Would you like to come? And I, and I said, yes, love to. And so we went there, and that was the beginning of, of the whole thing with the Dutch wave. Hank, uh, from a very early stage, was heavily into wildflowers. As I said, he had a, an album, I suppose you'd say, of, of all the... He'd gone around all around Holland as a youngster, bicycling and taking the trains and that, collecting specimens, all the wildflowers. So he was very much into wildflowers, even even from the beginning, even more so. He wasn't really interested in gardens. I think the garden sort of came on afterwards. I was also able to connect with Gurchen van der Kook, a longtime friend of Hank's living in England. The first time I met Hank was at the book launch. Hank was one of the group of people who were up and above the rest of, this is a tricky one to say, the people who would do the normal type of gardening. He would be far beyond that, and his philosophy about gardens, etc., get exploited as the new wave of the Dutch garden direction, wild and naturalistic and close to nature. My interest was in plants specifically, which were kind of like not widely available, but one step further than the normal assortment of plants that one would see in a garden center. So it's a very small circle of plants, and Hank, I think, might, be, might have been the person that was actually influencing people like Pete Adolf. Here is Helene Tonkins. Um, how did you know Hank? Maybe you have heard from the name of Rob Leopold. Yes. He had a nursery of wild garden seeds. And I had a nursery of wild garden plants. And we were friends. One day, Rob told me he met Hank. And he said, you had to go to Hank to visit his garden. So I do. And I go to Schuinesloot. It was in the mid-80s, so that was once, and then afterwards um, he came visit me on my nursery, I came to his garden, so we are speaking about plants, and, and I had done some special plants, and nobody likes them, except uh, Hank. He, oh, you've got this, oh, you've got this, and so we had a connection, especially the wild garden plants, so this is what we found each other. When I had little ugly flowers, most people say, oh, not interesting. But Hank also knows, oh yeah, but this is special, this is madness. He, he likes to try it in his garden. So that, that was a way to talk about 
with him over these plants and where I found the seed or, or material and he also liked to try. Later on, he, he started and he was telling about his, his traveling abroad and visiting other countries and, and find also the wild garden plants of the wild plants in the in the fields of Slovakije and all countries and he bring seeds home and try them in the garden and then we have to look and see how it works and it was interesting. Mark Brown said to say hello. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> Um, how did I meet Hank? I came to the Netherlands and I changed careers from being an accountant in, in uh, the city of London to someone who had decided that I was more interested in plants. So when I got to Holland, I was looking for people who were playing with uh, grasses, knew something about them and the sort of perennials that could be grown with them. Inevitably, I came in contact with Pete Adolf, through him, a lot of other nurserymen who were doing their own thing here at the time. And so that's how I first met Hank, by um, going and looking at his garden, meeting him, and trying to understand what he was doing. The reason I met him was because he was a knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the, 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 the uh, new assortment of plants that I was confronted with here in the Netherlands. A whole range of things which we'd never uh, considered growing in England. I mean, you have to remember at that time, ornamental grasses were hardly ever used in English gardens. So I was, I was initially interested in what Hank could show me and, and teach me about that group of plants. But when you visited his garden, you learned that there was an awful lot more going on there than, than um, just being inspired by one type of plant. He was very much uh, in tune with ecological ideas and trying to express some of those in, in, the, in what he was doing in his own garden. That was Michael King, speaking from Amsterdam. I also had the pleasure of talking with Lord von Donkele, a close friend of Hank's and Helene. Yeah, when I, when I met Hank, I thought it was about, I think, 2004, 2005. So I went to, uh, to Hank and I discussed with him his way of uh, designing and his way of uh, choosing the plants he liked and the combinations. You need to look at the plants, what are they doing, what are they trying to tell you. So that was my first uh, real um, meeting with, uh, with uh, Hank. And here is the beginning of my conversation with Pete Odoff. Unfortunately, the connection was a bit off. Morning. We met, we started a, a nursery here with uh, rare plants, and Hank was one of our first customers. And that's how we met, and we became friends. Can you talk a little bit about the Dutch wave and his involvement in that? The Dutch wave. That's interesting. For outsiders, we had a Dutch wave, and for insiders, we were just working with plants to play with these plants. And it is just that we were 
yeah, you can say playing, trying, looking what will, will go on. And the world who is saying Dutch waves, a group of people who met each other, eh, Piet Oudolf, Rob Leopold, Tonte Linde, and talk and speak and try. And, and that's what, that was what we were doing. So was everybody on his own way trying to make a mix. And I think also that he is a very inspiring man and he was just good in to bring us all together. I came from England and at that time I was interested in the new plant assortment that I was confronted with when I came over here. That was an interesting time for me, coming from one culture to another and finding a whole host of people growing things that I'd never never heard of or, or tried to grow before. I was certainly busy in, in that network. There were, a, there were a, a few people. One was Hank, the other one was Pete Oudolf. Rob Leopold, he, he was very interested in it as well. He was a philosopher, uh, but it also makes very nice books on, on very specific type of plants. People who were keen on flower on, on gardening with wildflowers, the native wildflowers were involved, because it, it basically is a copy of nature using cultivated plants, but in a natural setting as one would come across them in nature. I think Hank was one of the people who was the brain behind it, pushing boundaries all the time. He was wilder in, in his plantings and therefore more advanced in the way that he looked at what was going on um, in the Dutch wave. But a lot of the, the stuff that has been put forward thanks to Hank. And we try and we play with it. So I think it's all little parts together. You can say when you make a good soup, you had to put all different kinds in it. Maybe we can say we were we were making this great garden soup. And so we were going on, inspire each other. In your email, you said that he was very much the best voice of the so-called Dutch wave. Because he knew, because he knew his wildflowers and he knew his plants so well, and he knew, he knew so much about phytosociology, which is the which is the big thing that a lot of these the Dutch wave that was their main. That's what Henk was was doing really. But in the beginning, when he was with Anton, they were doing lots of sort of fun experimental things because they did a lot of things with with Rob Lee, Rob's choice of seeds was was brilliant, was very sort of visionary, I think. So I think between the two of them, they launched, and with Hank's passion about wildflowers, I think they, they launched the movement. It's all said and done. I think Hank was the sort of the person that really sort of fired Pete into gardens and, and what he does with wildflowers. So you were a part of the Dutch wave. Um, what is the Dutch wave? That is a, a strange term that I've never really fully understood. It is, I think, referring to a, a time in Holland where a number of different people 
doing their own thing. And it just so happened that they had an empathy with one another and were able to make contact and start supporting one another by expressing ideas, showing one another what was possible and introducing different types of plants that they were inspired by and they were able to inspire other people. And so there was a sort of an informal network active when I arrived here in the Netherlands. I, I certainly enjoyed being part of it. How did Hague kind of influence what was happening in the Netherlands at that time? A movement of wild, you know, plants that, uh, of wild plants using for gardens or, or uh, a sort of where the world came from, from native plants and people that were uh, working with, uh, in gardens with native plants, I think. And we met Hank in that beginning, started to talk, and I was a sort of bored by the more decorative style of English gardens and was looking for my own way how to use plants, that we started to talk about possibilities. One thing we had in common, we didn't like the sort of dogmatic rule from English gardening. There were so many things you had to do to make your garden look good, I think, and that is, we all both found that so personal, rules were not for us. I think that is how it started. And I was influenced by Hank because of, I, I, when he said, okay, but look at this plant, you know, it's, it's, it's over, uh, or uh, uh, he pointed me out that seed heads were uh, as important as, as flowers at a particular time of, of, of the year, you know, that it was not only important for insects, but also to look at. So he, he learned me to look different. I think that is his influence on me. We could talk hours and hours about gardening and gardens. Uh, Hank was uh, talking about how he tried to transform his wilderness in a sort of more ecologically uh, uh, balanced garden. But I was always, you know, struggling for the balance in his garden. And Hank had his own approach to gardening. That, that made the garden very interesting because it, uh, it, uh, it created a special atmosphere. Yeah, but Hank uh, is a big example of, for me, it was one way a sparring partner, uh, you know, because we talked yeah. about plants all the time and what to do, what we could do with them, what we, what we, how we could express plants ourselves, and he did it in his own way. And, uh, um, and, and I think that that was, in, in fact, at that time, we didn't realize how important it could become. Hanks hasn't been given the, the credit oh, that he deserves. Oh, absolutely no, because he he crystallized so much of it that the garden of Piona was absolutely breathtaking in its in its vision. It had gone so much back to his, his first sort of childhood and loves of wildflowers and wildflower communities because the gardens he was making at the end they were all they were all the sort of all sort of like miniature microcosms of, of, of wildflower habitats. I mean Hank always said if if they grow together they go together. That was his big thing. If plants were sort of to be found naturally growing together in the wild, then they would always look together in a garden setting. I think that's what was great about him because he brought he brought that all back again. The thing, as I said, things growing together, going together. Nature being the great teacher. That's I think that's why I got on so well with with Hank because we we always were going out looking at nature and these natural habitats, these natural ensembles of, of of wildflowers and how they all grew together and 
went together. So that was what really sort of gave us the most pleasure than, than any garden, really. Because he's so far ahead of his time. I mean, even now, I mean, are there many people that are that really that uh, keen to sort of allow wildlife to the point of their hostas being turned into sort of lace or something? I don't think there are many. Yes, of course. That's what that's what Hank's message was. That's what the the pressures. That's what the value of it, or the extreme value of it, was he does. He teaches us to to enjoy it, to, to take pleasure in the sort of simple things that nature does, and then and not fight everything all the time. And we can just go sort of hand in hand, like some sort of amazing dance or something with nature. Traditional gardening preoccupies itself exclusively with the constant interruption of the natural succession in order to sustain a preconceived idea. As a result, any change that distracts from this idea is undesirable and by definition not beautiful. But I did indeed intervene, and I still do, but over time, my notion of what is beautiful about a garden has changed. I hope you enjoyed part one of our tribute to Hank Gerritsen. With special thanks to Mark Brown, Gertrude von der Cook, Helene Tonkins, Michael King, Lourd von Donkler, and Pete Oldoff. Excerpts from Hank's book, Essay on Gardening, were read by Jamie Horton. Music was by Hans Kockelsman. If you enjoyed this episode of Nature Revisited, please share with family, friends, and colleagues. Nature Revisited is produced by Stefan Van Orden and Charles Gagan. Please subscribe to Nature Revisited on your favorite podcast server. And if you would like to support Nature Revisited or send us your thoughts and comments, please visit NordenProductions.com. That's Norden, N-O-O-R-D-E-N Productions.com. And I hope you will join us for part two of our tribute to Hank Gerritsen, Essay on Gardening and the Pronona Gardens. And in the meantime, please remember, we are nature.